This is the North Carolina Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist. Welcome to the North Carolina Fusion Podcast, brought to you by Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist. Today I'll be interviewing Richard Beard from the Greensboro Sports Foundation and Gary Gardner, Tournament and Events Director at NC Fusion, to talk about the importance of sports tourism in the triad and how North Carolina Fusion is a part of that. The Greensboro Sports Foundation is a nonprofit that serves as the local organizing committee for the major sports events throughout Greensboro to create economic development through sports tourism that benefits not only Greensboro, but all the Triad region. Richard will share the importance of the Greensboro Sports Foundation, as well as the importance of sports tourism on the region. And Gary will speak specifically about the impact of North Carolina Fusion on sports tourism efforts. Here's our interview with Richard and Gary. All right, Richard and Gary, thank you guys so much for being on the, uh, the Fusion podcast today. Let's start by learning a little bit more about you both, so, um, and then we'll dive in. Richard, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background in, in sports tourism specifically. Sure, and thank you for letting me be on your podcast. So uh, I'm a native of Greensboro. I spent 10 years up in Virginia, and uh, during my 10 years away, got a, had a greater appreciation when I came back to Greensboro. and. Um, uh, part of my love has been sports in Greensboro. One of the reasons is because it brings a lot of attention nationally and, and worldwide by some of the events. So I wanted to get heavily involved in, in, in sports. At the time I was working for the chamber and economic development. So economic development and the economic impact of sports tourism was kind of uh, hand in hand. And uh, while my profession after the chamber was in commercial real estate and development. I just had a passion for what sports tourism does for the community and for the region and decided that I wanted to do this full time. So I'm excited to be in this role and take sports tourism to a even greater level in the, in the region. And you even gave up uh, a good job to uh, to make this move, right? Well, it was, uh, it was potential at least. Well, it was, (laughs) it was sheer passion because, uh, uh, I, Certainly enjoyed what I was doing and uh, and was very fortunate to have a great partnership uh, uh, with Brett Shulman. And, uh, but I was in a position that I could go follow my passion. So I'm very fortunate to be able to do this. It's awesome. We're, we're pumped to have you uh, at, the, at the helm and, and making sure that we're focused on this. So thank you for that. Um, Gary, tell us about your role at, at Fusion and, and what you do in the tournament and event space. Yeah, so my role is uh, strictly tournaments and events, and it's awesome. I get to work with so many great people, uh, so many different great organizations um, to, to just help Greensboro grow, to impact the city, uh, put heads in beds, which is great, like Richard said, for economic impact. And uh, just to see the youth kids come out and when they come to a tournament, see the experience that we put on. So uh, I'm so fortunate. I love it. I've been doing it since 2008. And uh so content, hope to do this the rest of my life. Awesome. Yeah, you're doing a, a fantastic job as, as you know, um, and uh, it's incredible how much our tournaments across the triad have grown, um, especially as we've become fusion and been able to really concentrate on specific events and doing them really, really well. So appreciate your efforts there and look forward to talking more today about specifics in, in each of our events. So um, Richard, look, Let's go back to you for a second. When we talk about sports tourism in, in Greensboro and in the triad, what, what is it that puts us even on the map? I mean, it feels like there's so many great places in the country to go to, and I've heard of, of different um, facilities popping up all over. Um, how do we remain competitive? What is it that's bringing people here? 
Yeah, well, Greensboro has had a great history of building great facilities. When you look at the Coliseum complex, uh, the Coliseum complex is not just the arena, it's the uh, Greensboro Aquatic Center and, and a special event center, which is very flexible and being, being able to attract different type sporting events to the, to the uh, region. But uh, with Bryan Park Soccer and uh, facilities like the Bryan Park Golf Complex that the city of Greensboro built, uh, Spencer Love Tennis Center. We've had these great facilities that were uh, well known in the country and we were able to attract some great events. Uh, soccer has done a good job of uh, uh, being very impactful for, uh, for Greensboro and for the region. Uh, and uh, soccer and NC Fusion has done a good job uh, helping Greensboro keep uh, Bryan Park soccer facility uh, current. Um, we see some, uh, definitely some uh, needs within Bryan Park soccer complex, uh, not only for soccer, but to be able to attract other sports. And, and that's something that the Sports Foundation wants to get behind is how can we collaborate with the city of Greensboro and other organizations, not only to uh, uh, improve our current facilities, but to enhance the facilities. So it's the facilities that drives these events and uh, Greensboro has done a good job in the past, but we can do a better job. And you've spoken to me in the past about you know, Greensboro's um, self-proclaimed tournament town, right? Mm -hmm. and, yep. uh, ACC and a um, number of things like that. You've spoken a lot about the uh, hospitality side of things and the welcoming nature of Greensboro, specifically volunteers, because a big sure. part of what the Greensboro Sports Foundation does is helping with secure volunteers, right? Absolutely. So speak about that, because I don't think yeah. people really, especially our Fusion membership, don't they don't know what that really looks like. Yeah, well, Greensboro is, is known as being a very generous community when it comes to philanthropy and and volunteerism. I mean, there are a lot of volunteers each year for the uh, for the Wyndham Championship, over 1,400 volunteers just for that week. But uh, that's what makes Greensboro successful in these events is because we have a passionate community that not only are the citizens coming out and volunteering for these events to make it successful, but when big events are here, the whole community is aware of it. and. I think that the uh, retail stores and the restaurants and definitely the hotels make it a good make a, a good impression on our guests when they come here because it's the event in town. When when uh, NC Fusion has a soccer tournament here and there are three thousand kids involved, and then you have the parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters. That's a lot of people here, and and uh, Greensboro recognizes this. There's just a lot of people in town and they catch on real quick that it's this sports tourism that's bringing this here. We just need to do a better job of telling our story to the community so we do get more people, more people involved as, as volunteers because that's what sets us apart. We can provide these volunteers that bring a, a warmth to the community that they don't get in other places that they go. So I think that, uh, again, our, our membership, I think doesn't even always know the impact that these events are having. I think also we we kind of, uh, because we live in it, we've got uh, Brad Park, we've got Drew Sports Park, we've got Prolific, we've got, we've got a number of, just for soccer and lacrosse and field hockey, we have wonderful facilities. And I think that as parents, myself included, we start to take it for granted. And the fact is, is that 
these type of facilities is not, it is not the norm across the country. But um, despite that, we still have to keep getting better, right? And um, so I'll kind of switch again back to Gary from a event perspective and um, what type of events are we hosting at our facilities? Where are people coming from when we have these events? And what would you say to kind of piggyback off of Richard's question earlier, what are things that you see are, are real needs of our facilities to be able not just to keep hosting these, but attract other ones? Yes. Yeah, that was a lot of questions. But. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I'll try and hit them all. Uh, first things first, I think for the fusion events, you know, we host five events, Labor Day, Adidas Clash, Boys Showcase, Girls Showcase, and Fusion Cup. And our five events is, is great. We're, we're over a thousand teams for all those events combined. Um, and we really target like the eastern part of the United States. And I think that's what's really cool about when we host these national events is, is these people are coming from California and they're like, wait, they're shaded a facility? Um, and, and just being able to, to see and interact with families from all across the country is so cool with those national events. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, what if, was, if you, yeah, if you were to say, um, again, you, you're, you've been to other events, you've traveled to ECNL events and seen what other facilities have to offer to remain competitive and, and keep people coming to our facilities and wanting to bring their events to our, their teams. What are a few things that you would say we've got to keep doing or we got to improve on? Yeah, that's uh, I think that would be a question uh, that we love to evaluate every year as facilities pop up and more turf comes and more lights come. I think for us here at Bryant Park, again, we're so fortunate with, with 20 fields, 10 are lit, two are turf, but uh, just with climate and everything that we've been impacted with, with weather, it'd be great to get a couple more turf fields out here. You know, Bryant Park prides itself in the quality of the playing surface, uh, but I think just two more turf fields would be, would be a huge upgrade to this facility. So. Um, 10 let fields are fantastic, uh, but I think if we can get the closer to 14 to 16 lit fields, we'll go a long way because the events that we host in November, the Adidas Clash, the showcases in February, um, we get impacted because we can only play so many games throughout the day. So, um, but it's really exciting going to, I was fortunate enough to go to Seattle to watch the girls play off out there and to see that facility and to take some notes and bring back to our, uh, city executives and saying, Hey, like, this is kind of what's going on and what can we do to help grow Brown Park? Yeah. And I think, uh, it's, in, it's important for our membership and communities to know that as NC Fusion, um, we are across the triad. We have Brian Park, which is a, a world-class facility. The facility itself is owned by the city of Greensboro managed by Parks and Rec and, um, NC Fusion as a management contract with the facility to bring these events and, um, and also have our teams participate here versus a true sports park that is that NC Fusion actually owns and operates. And so there are some unique um, pros and cons to both of those scenarios, aren't there? And um, so I think that it'd be um, really interesting to hear about when you talk about national events, what is a national event? Because it seems in, especially in soccer, it's like the alphabet soup of leagues and things. And you say USYS President's Cup. What does that mean to, to someone versus ECNL Nationals? What's the difference? Why does that matter? Tell us about that. Yeah, I think obviously NC Fusion was fortunate enough to, to get an ECNL spot on the boys and girls side. 
So our families are familiar with ECNL because it is really the highest level on the girl side and arguably one of the highest level on the boy side. Um, you know, we are fortunate to sign a, a four-year agreement with ECNL, uh, Elite Clubs National League. Uh, they have 200 plus organizations. Um, you know, the Girls Academy, which kind of took over for the Development Academy, uh, focuses more on the girls and they've started to really generate uh, some interest around the, around the country. And then uh, on the boys' side, MLS Next, that's, a, that's an up-and-coming up up league that uh, has gained some traction. And, and we've been pretty fortunate to have some conversation with them about potential events in 2026 and 2027. So just kind of shows you how far some of these events are booking out. And it's pretty cool that they're reaching out to us and we're able to lock these uh, national events in for for uh, up to 2026 now, so it's pretty cool. And you've talked mainly about soccer. What other sports have we hosted at our facilities in general? Yeah, so Bryan Park, we obviously pride ourselves in soccer and, and the playing surface, but over at Truist Sports Park, uh, it's been awesome. Like just seeing the, the growth of women's lacrosse. We have, we have three regional events that we host there. Uh, Ultimate Frisbee is really taking off. Uh, just, I think we have five different ultimate events now. And again, same thing, teams are coming from all across the country uh, to be a part of that facility and play at that one. Um, and uh, Quidditch, doing what it is, someday, no clue. Someday but that's our goal. That's right. Quidditch. Yeah. Just be a, a spectators galore. That's right. <laughs> so no clue, but hey, if it's heads and bets that's and right. we can uh, create a great atmosphere, let's do it. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well. Um, this will be a question for both of you guys. I'll start with you, Richard, but how important is the relationship with the CVB, so the Convention and Visitors Bureau, when it comes to sports tourism and ensuring that we're attracting the right events and keeping the, the events? Yeah, well, we're, you know, see, the Convention and Visitors Bureau is, is vitally important to all of us. Uh, we're we're a partner with them. They're, they're the lead uh, organization that's going out and selling events and, and trying to help all of us recruit major events to the community. Uh, they also uh, are, are reinvesting uh, hotel, motel tax revenue that comes from these events back into the facilities. I know they've helped uh, NC Fusion and Bryan Park on, uh, on the uh, turf fields that are out here today. but. Um, you know, uh, what we're talking about with tour, uh, sports tourism and Gary's hit the nail on the head and that's heads and bets. We're trying to attract events that are going to maximize the number of hotel rooms and maximize the number of people that can go into our restaurants and, and retail stores. It's, it's bringing people from out of town that are going to stay here and they're going to leave their tax, tax dollars behind. And it's a return on investment. We're investing in these facilities and that's our return on investment. But we got to use various sources of funding to reinvest in our facilities to keep them relevant because we've got a lot of competition out there that yeah. Gary has just talked about, which I look forward to hear more after the, we finish this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So this seems a lot like a, the, the relationship seems to be a lot like a flywheel, doesn't it? That, that we are... We're creating assets or we've built assets that we're now trying to, we're bring, bringing people to events to that are, as you said, spending money in our community, typically in the form of hotels or restaurants or gas or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. the, that money 
which is typically in the form of occupancy tax to the hotels or sales tax in our restaurant is now going back into the kitty of which the occupancy tax is what's going back into the visitors bureau, which now can be reinvested in whether it's facilities or our capital improvements of our facilities or the marketing and sales of our facilities to keep that flywheel going and grow and grow and grow. Is that kind of the, the yeah. is that kind of the way that our membership and our community should be looking at, at this relationship? Absolutely. And you know, and there's another factor, not only investing in the facilities, but they're also investing in other events because a lot of these events carry bid fees. And our CVB has been, they get it when it comes to sports tourism. And they've been very generous in in helping recruit these events because it, you know, they're they, they don't come cheap these days. But it's the the benefit far outweighs the cost up front. Absolutely. And we've got to continue that. Yeah, Gary, can you give any specific examples of a, of an event that you would say, hey, this event had a tremendous economic impact. Had it not been for the CRCVB stepping up um, to help with a fee of some kind or uh, um, and supporting that, we wouldn't have gotten. And, that's, and thus, those hotels may have been empty or the restaurants may have been not as busy. So any any specific examples of that and working with the, the CVB? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, Town of Bermuda runs amazing. Visit Winston-Salem is amazing. Bringing in those events, the truest sports park. Uh, but having the Greensboro CVB uh, incentivizing these groups and bringing in these national groups uh, to come year after year. Um, you know, Henry, Ava Pope, Kayla, Brian Ambio, all they're all amazing. The, from the, the presentation of the marketing component to, uh, again, the incentives that um, uh, Henry's able to contribute. And uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It really is. I'm so fortunate to be working with great people that value uh, bringing in these national events. This is what life is supposed to feel like. When you feel the excitement from the ball hitting the back of the net and hear the roar of the crowd. At Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist, we don't just treat part of you, we treat all of you so you can enjoy those winning moments that matter. Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist, the official healthcare and sports medicine partner of NC Fusion. Well, I think, and I, I do want to share, I think that you all have had a lot to do. NC Fusion has had a lot to do with, with helping all of us understand the impact of sports tourism. There was a, a time in the past, I have a history with, uh, with youth soccer because my kids played in youth soccer and we traveled all over the place and I got to see these other facilities for, uh, that we were competing with. But the CVB has recognized the fact that coming out of the pandemic, one of the biggest shots in the arm to the, the hospitality industry, um, hotels, motels, restaurants, uh, was soccer. And uh, you all did an incredible job uh, coming out of the pandemic. And that's recognized. And that's why we have to, and that's what gets me excited that we've got to keep investing and keep, we've got a great story and we have great momentum, but we have a lot of competition and it's low hanging fruit and we've got to take care of the low hanging fruit. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, kudos to Gary for really staying on top of those relationships with those different groups in the ever changing world of leagues and, and, and national groups and regional groups. And, um, so, uh, excellent job by Gary. Thank you. So I, I want to kind of talk more about some, I, I would say maybe not as interesting, but semantics and, 
something I think is important for everybody to understand, but we say the word, we say this economic impact. We talk about economic impact. How, Richard, is, is economic impact measured when people, I, I read something in the paper that says $5 million of economic impact. How, where, where does that number come from? Who puts it together? Um, and how's it calculated? Yeah, well, there's, uh, you know, in my background in economic development, I mean, economic impact and these numbers were always a great marketing tool. Um, <clears throat> I take it another step because the overall economic impact, and like the example you gave when it says $5 million worth of economic impact, it's hard to really drill down on that. So an easier way to look at it in the way that I like to explain to people is, and we talked about heads and beds, but we talk about, you know, when these events are recruited, when uh, NC Fusion brings in an event that has three or 4,000 participants, well, it's calculated in how many room nights. And that's what I'm interested in, how many room nights. I'm gonna give a quick example. We just came off of AAU Junior Olympics. We had over 18,000, 18,000 participants come into town. 14,000 of them were doing track and field at A&T State University. Over a two week period, it was a conservative estimate of 27,000 room nights. So I take it a step and I go back and I look at 27,000 room nights. We'll say an average room stay at $125 a night, which is low today because it was more than that but you calculate 27,000 room nights times $125 a night, comes out to about $3.3 million. They pay an occupancy tax of about 6% on that. So when you calculate that, just in occupancy tax, that brought in about over $200,000, just in that two, two uh, week period. That doesn't include sales tax, that doesn't include uh, the business and the restaurants, but that's pretty impactful. And that shows how the events, you, know, you can do the same simple math to a soccer tournament that's, that has 5,000 room nights. And that's not unusual for you all to have a 5,000 or even a 10,000 room night event. So uh, the impact is there. The $38 million economic impact for AAU uh, is a big number. It's just hard to really drill down on that number until you kind of do the math that I just explained, but the revenue that comes behind it. And one thing that we cannot measure is the exposure that we get. The people that are coming into town that are seeing our facilities or the national press that we might get. And you might have a business owner or a family that say, this is where we want to live. And they come and I mean, the, the, the benefits we can't track are just incredible. It's almost like sports tourism is a uh, is a front is a front porch or a front uh, an opportunity for us to showcase our city. So it's probably as we talk about visitors bureaus, it's probably equally as important for our chambers and and, and what we're trying to do right now in North Carolina core to attract talent. You see young families coming to these events if they have a great experience here in the triad. You're right, move their business, move their family. They're thinking about these things. And so I know I've said this to you before, whenever I traveled as a coach and, uh, to, to tournaments, when I was leaving, uh, wherever it was, I always thought, could I leave? Could I live here? Could my family move here? Would we have a good time? Would we enjoy living here? And so I guarantee that most people, when they travel to Greensboro, Winston-Salem, the Triad, 
they're asking that question. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the, the beauty of this is, is we, we create these great facilities and we're attracting all these events from out of town and all these people from out of town, but just let's don't lose sight uh, of the fact that these facilities are here for us to use every yeah. day. Yeah. And it's a quality of life issue. And these, these people that come from out of town and see these incredible facilities that they can use every day is, uh, is, is powerful. It's a great example. I know the other night, just speaking to uh, George Wright, our head of business, moved down here from Indianapolis uh, a year ago, and his children are now playing the club. And he and his wife were walking around our park going, how in the world are our kids getting the opportunity to practice on these fields that we had to travel all over the country to just to get a glimpse of, let alone um, you know practice. So you're right. I mean, I think that's 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 a really great point. Um, what uh, you mentioned the AAU, you mentioned Junior Olympics and the impact of, of that event. When when people think about big events in Greensboro and in the Triad, and I think measured by room nights, how does a like a ACC basketball tournament stack up from a hotel room nights versus a Wyndham versus a maybe an NC Fusion soccer event versus Junior Olympics. Like any, do you have any kind of feeling or, or numbers towards that? Yeah. So people have an understanding. Well, you know, uh, uh, the ACC tournaments and I'll, uh, the, the men's tournament is certainly the, uh, the, the golden egg and, and that draws an incredible amount of people here. The economic impact is, is large, but it's not as large as that AAU Junior Olympics was. And this Junior Olympics will be back in 24, and then they, they extended two more events past 24. So it's going to be on a regular circuit. But um, uh, the Wyndham Championship, while it's a huge impact, but that's more of a regional. Right. We don't travel in. Probably not travel in, travel out. You're not seeing the heads and beds. Um, so, you know, it's the, the tournaments that you all have that are drawing these teams um, from, from outside that they, you know, they're having to stay here and, you know, this sports tourism thing, and, and especially youth sports and the, the world you all are in is recession proof. It might not be pandemic proof, but you know, we learned that we never knew about the pandemic part of it. But when you, you when we're in the depths of a recession, the one thing families are going to do is they're going to continue supporting their kids in sports and sports is also you don't have the politics in the sports. So that's what's so much fun about this. Yeah, there's some politics, but not the political environment that we know. So at least we're talking about a positive thing with such a positive impact. And how can you not support what we're all doing? Absolutely. That's excellent. Gary, will you share a little bit more about the, um, the events that we've hosted in the last year or two that were incredibly impactful from a sports tourism perspective and what what do we have upcoming this year that our families and the community really need to know and like what kind of hotel room nights are we talking in some of these events yeah so previously i would say um in 2020 coming out of the pandemic so to speak um, we really hit a record-breaking year we were fortunate that the city of greensboro opened up ryan park um, we had the NCAA College Cup, which we can say that we hosted it, which is amazing. Uh, they relocated everything to the state of North Carolina and we were able to host um, uh, 12 matches. So that was super cool to say that that's a big feather in the cap for the city of Greensboro. Um, we had the ECNL playoffs for the boys. We had an ECNL girls showcase. 
And the one thing that I hope our membership values too is when we host those, um, you know, it's a big benefit to the families, meaning sometimes the players uh, get an opportunity to guest play with, with one of these teams. Uh, a team drops out last minute and now a team gets to fill that spot. And here they are playing in, in front of, you know, 40, 50, 60 college coaches during a match, all because the event was at Bryan Park. So that's a huge benefit um, to our, our families being here in Greensboro. Um, and then future events, and we have an amazing lineup. Gosh, I thought 2020 was amazing. And here we are in 2022, where now we have um, USYS has started this new E64 that has really gained some traction across the country. So in March, we'll have back-to-back four-day events with them. Uh, in April, we'll have the Girls Academy back. That's a nice five-day event. Uh, then we go into June, and we have the Regional League Championships here. Uh, and then right after that, we'll have the ECNL Boys National Playoffs. So we had it in 2020. We'll get it again in 2022. Uh, as far as heads and beds, I mean, I mean, Scott, some of those events range from 2,000 event to the ECNL playoffs will be well over 20,000 because the families are here for four nights minimum. And if you keep advancing, you're, you're here for seven nights. So they, they find things to do in Greensboro and uh, Greensboro's done an awesome job. I mean, with what's going on at the science center, uh, you know, top golf's coming in. So, you know, now we can say, Hey, there's the Tanger performing center. Uh, there's much to do now. We don't have the fancy beach or the fancy mountains, but it's pretty cool that we have some other things to keep these kids busy. So it's awesome. I love what you said too about like the benefit to uh, the membership for fusion players and families. I think one of the examples you mentioned traveling to Seattle for ECNL nationals this summer, and we had two teams that traveled out there. So for those families, that was a could be a five to ten thousand dollar trip from a travel perspective for us to host the event here. Although probably the kids are a little disappointed that they're just having to stay in their own bed and not travel to a really, you know, an exotic place. The bottom line is the family saves a tremendous amount. To, so for us to be able to, to offer that is, is fantastic. So that, that's, that's awesome for people to know, not just the impact on the community, but the direct impact to, to our families. Um, Richard, I'd love to kind of as a more of a, not so much wrap up question, but a big picture question. What would be your vision? You represent the Greensboro Sports Foundation. Mm-hmm. What would be your your vision for sports tourism in the triad? What what kind of collaboration do you see? And we we as Fusion don't necessarily see lines between towns and, and counties and things because our kids come from all over the the region, and we've got two really uh, specifically two great assets and facilities. How, um, how do you see working together with other other communities and, and recognizing that each area may have different assets that could uh, benefit one another? Yeah, well, you know, I think NC Fusion is a great model uh, for a, a true regional, a triad regional organization and how well it works. Um, uh, we need to continue that collaboration. We need to be more of one big community instead of Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem, uh, because they're in my economic development background, when I was recruiting companies to uh, to the Greensboro area, there are no boundaries. They're just looking for available space and labor. And uh, and so it was frustrating with the uh, territories, if you will, but NC Fusion's done a good job of dropping that. But 
but I think that what we're doing with promoting sports tourism in Greensboro, we're a little more um, established because we had our Greensboro Sports Council, which really started with the volunteer base. And so we're a little more established for what I'm trying to vision, I'm trying to bring on to take this to another level. But my passion is, and, and Scott and I have talked about this and Gary as well, uh, my passion is that we build this, uh, at least tell the story of sports tourism in Greensboro, continue building what we have in Greensboro and Guilford County, and let this spread throughout the, the region. Because your tournaments are benefiting the whole region. AAU Junior Olympics benefited the whole region. We didn't have 27,000 room night availability. They were having to go to Burlington and I'm sure into Winston-Salem and maybe even into Asheboro. So uh, it really is, these events really are regional and we need to collaborate more. And we need to work together as governments, you know, Greensboro Parks and Recreation and Winston-Salem and High Point, we all need to be collaborating to talk about uh, our product, our, uh, our facilities, because we need to think of our facilities not just going and replacing that field for football or, or whatever sport, but how can we, before we spend the money, let's step back and talk about a return on investment. Is that the right place to spend the right, that kind of money? You know, Scott and I have had conversations about what would benefit NC Fusion. Uh, you know, do we need more fields kind of in between the cities? And that's how we need to start thinking. But we also need to be thinking about this turf being uh, flexible to where we can line the turf for other sports like lacrosse or field hockey or, you know, we need to, we, we need to be thinking smarter about how we build these facilities and how we can utilize them for this sports tourism. And I, I, I wanted to kind of wrap up the, the podcast by asking, why should people care about sports tourism? And I honestly feel like, I hope that's been answered over the last 30 minutes. Like here's a, here's a direct, these are direct answers to that question that this matters to our membership. This matters to our surrounding community. This matters to our businesses. Uh, and everyone should have a desire to support that and get involved in that. So I, um, I, I'm just so pro I feel privileged and, and humbled that we get to work in this environment every day and that we have these incredible assets and the facilities that we have. And we're in a, quite frankly, I would call it a hotbed of sports tourism. Um, we have a huge opportunity to improve and a huge opportunity to keep capitalizing on the opportunity. Um, and we're as NC Fusion, I'll say we're, we're super proud to be a part of it. Um, I want to thank you, Richard, for what you're doing with Greensboro Sports Foundation and supporting North Carolina Fusion um, and our efforts to bring more events and, and tourism to, to the area. And Gary, obviously, um, just tremendous job bringing in events and hosting and um, showing in, in incredible hospitality. People want to come back, um, which is uh absolutely fantastic so thank you both for for being on the podcast today and um, look forward to continue to make an impact through sports thank, thank you. you for additional information please visit our website follow us on facebook and subscribe to this podcast